Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time once again for another episode of The Hangover. Hey, hey, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Shannon White, the pride of West Virginia. Tony Defio, the pride of the world, are both wow. here with me. And my name is Brian Anthony Davis, the pride of nothing. Um, but I am glad to be here along with you. Happy Monday, my friends. It's a Monday in June. Not much is going on in Steeler Nation, and maybe that's not a bad thing. Shannon, how are you? I'm great. I'm. I know what the topic is tonight, and I'm excited to talk about some defensive blue collar guys. I love it, Tony. What's up with you, my friend? I am doing great. Had a great weekend. Went to an awesome wedding. Saw a couple of friends uh, tied a knot. It was a fantastic weekend. How about you? Um. Well, what I did was I, I went to see Top Gun, Maverick. Ooh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen it, Shannon? Great movie, great movie. I know Dave Schofield said to me, he said, man, if somebody drops out of the tickets you bought, I'll go back tomorrow. <laughs> I'll go back again. <laughs> Tony, did you see the movie? No, but everybody's talking about it so much. I, I have to see it. I have to. They did it right. I will just tell yep. you they, they did Tom the whole Cruise. thing right. It was, He's a perfectionist. It, the, the movie was, I thought it was fantastic, and I didn't have that much of expectations going into the whole thing, so I, I loved it. Uh, I did a whole bunch of stuff over the weekend. I'm tired, and I feel wiped out, and it's Monday, and it's the start of everything. So a pretty quiet weekend with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, but as we always do, we go ahead and do the news of the day, and the news of the day today is pretty much there's a birthday happy birthday today let's let's say it happy birthday to kenny pickett he's 24 years old (laughs) and what do you get the quarterback that seeming the 24 year old that seemingly has everything well they already got him pickens and ca3 so and they well, signed, they signed CA3 today. So that's what they got him. I guess they didn't get him the offensive line that he wanted, <laughs> but they uh I, I shouldn't say that. I think the offensive line's going to be uh slightly better. Um, but they got him CA3. That's the other news of the day. Calvin Austin the third is signed, sealed, and delivered. Remember, Austin 319 said, I just ran past your bleep. <laughs> so with that being said of nfl news today gentlemen this is this is pittsburgh oriented and for those of you that were hoping that the steelers were going to end up getting aaron donald to replace stuff onto <laughs> it it's not going to happen as aaron donald restructured his contract boys this is absolutely amazing absolutely amazing he gets $65 million guaranteed over the next two seasons, and he is now the highest non-paid quarterback in the league. And that might be history, too, if I'm... Yep, in history. Whew. Wow. I'm glad... I will just say I'm glad that happened this year and not last year. Oh. Right, <laughs> right when T.J. Watt was getting ready to sign. Um, but now you hope T.J. is like saying, hey, hold my beer. Let's see what I can do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so gentlemen are you are you bummed that aaron donald is now not coming to pittsburgh ever <laughs> well maybe not right now but five or six years are probably one of those guys that, that the fans want to see them pick up to go all in at the deadline <laughs> yeah that's not happening either but with that mm-hmm. being said that is man he is one of the greats on defense and the mm-hmm. pittsburgh steelers have had a great history of greats on defense on that defensive side of the ball last week we talked about how the blue collar town of pittsburgh the still city had a lot of blue collar guys on this team through the years and they still do and we talked about the fact that The Steelers on offense had some great blue-collar guys, and we went position by position. We are going to do the same thing this week on the defensive side of the ball, and I have a feeling we are going to find more historic and more current lunch pail guys, those guys wearing the hard hats, Mm -hmm. here in the Steel City. So with that being said, 
to quote my friend Tone Loke, which I'm not friends with, but I'd love to. I'd love to party with Tone Loke. <laughs> to quote Tone Loke, who I've never hung out with. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Shannon, we're going to start with you. We're going to go on that defensive line. So in history, in the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's been a lot of lunch pail guys on that defensive line. Now, I'm not. we're going to try to stay away from number one picks like we did last week. Mm-hmm. which that would ex- exclude a guy like Joe Green, which would be very easy to put a guy like Joe Green on that list. But we don't want to really do that because a high pick like that, we're talking about the guys that scratched and clawed and did the dirty work to make themselves famous. So, oh Shannon, who's your first defensive lineman you can think of? Well, I've been thinking about it. And, of course, I, I have to mention Green. Just from the aspect of later in his career, when his, you know, he was playing with one and a half arms, he he was the guy that drove that defense. They he was the the key, uh, and he knew that. So he played through pain, he played through weakness, and he set a great example. But like you said, we're wanting to look for the guys who were overachievers, and Chris Hoke immediately comes to mind. Whoa! I mean, he backed up. Casey Hampton, who was arguably the best pure nose tackle in modern NFL history, him or Vince Wolford. And when Chris Hope came in the game, you felt comfortable. You didn't, there wasn't a huge drop off. And and he did it with just technique and, and intensity and hustle. And, you know, he's one of the most underrated players off that great defense they had. Uh, during those years. So, yeah, Chris Hoke would be my my choice. I bet you we could stick on this defensive line for a long time, but we're mm. just going to stick just on the entire defensive line. We're not going to break it into defensive tackle, nose tackle. We're just going to throw up some guys that we think. Tony, I, uh, I have a feeling that you could come up with a few from the same era that Shannon did and earlier. Go ahead, Tone. Oh, I have, I have a few, but my favorite from the 80s, Keith Willis. 1982 undrafted free agent. He made the team. Uh, the next year, he had 14 sacks. He, he finished his career with 59 sacks, all for the Steelers. I mean, here's a guy who, who, who came along, you know, right after that Super Bowl era ended, you know, a few years after it, and and he became one of the anchors of, of that those 80s defenses. And you know, to quote him, uh, you know, as far as some people were concerned within the NFL, he was always going to be an undrafted free agent. That's how they always saw him. So he always had to work. He always had to had to, had to uh, bust his tail. And and you know, there's a lot of guys that make the make the NFL as undrafted free agents, and they have you know okay careers. They stick around for four or five years. But it's 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 so rare for for somebody to come along as an undrafted free agent and, and have a lengthy and productive career. And that was Keith Willis. And, and I'll always admire the career that he had here and, and the adversity that you have to overcome, the doubt that you have to overcome to be, an, you know, to make it as an undrafted free agent. So, so he's number one in my book. We are going to go around the horn again after I go, because there's so many on the defensive line and, and we have the time to do so. And there's a lot coming in, and I, I tell you what we'll do. If I'm seeing a good one on the live chat, I'll bring it up. And so I'll go with another one. Keith Willis was my guy. Hmm. I agree with you. you. You and I, we come from the same time. We've always agreed on guys like this. So let's go ahead and take a look at uh, Tim Tyne said Aaron Smith, third rounder. Hmm. But yeah, definitely. And he hasn't shown up yet, but you know the diesel seventh round pick Brett <laughs> oh, Kiesel, yeah. is going to be on that list. Myrna Jane and Burt. I love this one. Kimo von Olhoffen. Oh yeah. I, I think that's a definite good one. So Reginald Rivers says Elsie Greenwood. And that's a guy you think of. I mean, man, that guy, he's number one. When you talk about Steelers, not in the hall of fame and really should be. Rob Tidoff mm-hmm. just came in with Keevan Henry and Nolan Harrison. And notice I, I pronounced Keevan right because I remember when he mm-hmm. was around. And, you know, we're mm-hmm. WWE guys, so the cousin of Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. And Nolan Harrison, he came in from the Raiders for a couple years in the late mm-hmm. 90s. It was really tough for this team. But I want to talk about guys that played with L.C. Greenwood. 
And I'm going to go ahead and right away say one of my lunch pail guys, he loses 18 pounds right before the Super Bowl because he has the mm-hmm. flu, comes in, gets the first points, Dwight Mad Dog White. Man, that guy was a grinder. He was uh, oh, he was everything that uh, a, a lunch pail guy is supposed to be. So I love it. So I'm going to say Mad Dog White. Tim Tynes just threw in Ernie Holmes. I can. I'm going to go ahead with my second guy from the 70s who came in later in the 70s. And I'm going to say John Banasak. Was that yours, Tony? Oh, I knew you were going to say. I mean, Uh yeah, I mean, he was a great, he's a great, a great example. So, you know what? I wore number 68 and number 76 when I played football for the American out for the Eagles. And I was either Banazak or I was uh, LC. So there you go. Shannon, we'll go back to you. Anybody else on the defensive line? Um, you said a lot of the guys that, that, that I was thinking as well. Um, you have guys like Gary Dunn. Who, yes. Number you know, he, he was just such a valuable contributor. You know, never got the fanfare, but he, he was a he was a blue collar guy, just a, a hard worker. So yeah, uh, you, when I was thinking, I thought of Hope first, and then I thought of Kiesel, and then I thought of Gary Dunn because I figured nobody would say Gary. <laughs> mm-hmm. I you know Gary Dunn was on my list, but I went with uh, I wanted to go Banazak first. You mm-hmm. know, Banazak was a guy that. His, his dad was like in his family like we're cleveland browns fans how could you <laughs> but, but they yeah. were there they were there all right the time. i love I've, it i've told my nephew that he goes well, i'd never play for the ravens i'm like one if you were drafted by the ravens you're playing for the ravens right and two, i'll be wearing black and purple if you're playing <laughs> for the ravens and that's no problem because you know family comes first uh, i won't love it but i would uh There's there'd still be some Steelers on my body, though. You know, you don't (laughs) go. I mean, it would be only uh, I would still have a hard time, but I don't know if my nephew's going to get drafted. I um, but anyways, he's he's 14. But I I just tell him if you're if you're ever playing, it doesn't matter who you get drafted by. You take it and you run. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Tony, do you have any others? Well, uh, obviously, Brett Kiesel, he's a, he's a, a, a fine example of somebody who he was a lower round pick. And it, it's hard to think of him as a blue collar guy because he, he was so he was such a great athlete. I mean, he started out uh, what, as like a gunner or something on, on the kick or not gunner, but he, running down the field on kickoffs. And, and, and but he was such a great athlete and he had that rock star personality, you know, with the beard and everything. So it's hard to think of him as, as a blue collar guy. But I mean, you know, when you when you uh, when you're a lower round pick and, and you you find a way to become a starter or, or a major contributor on, on a, one of the greatest defenses that, you know, the, the league has ever seen. I mean, that says something. I like that. I mean, I knew Kiesel was coming up. I, in fact, I'm surprised he didn't come up first. Uh, Tim Tynes uh, once again said Ernie Holmes, Rob Tightoff said uh, Joel Steed, Joel Steed, a third round pick, you know, definitely. Uh, Javier says Merrill Hodge speaking facts and, uh, I don't know uh, whether he's talking about uh, him as a blue-collar guy. We had him last week, or if he's talking about um, our linebacker, Devin Bush. And George Teston is saying Steve Furness, which I was definitely Mm -hmm. thinking of Mm -hmm. Steve Furness. I'm thinking of some guys. I'm just not going to go through because we're going to go to another position. But let's just go ahead and mention Gerald Williams, number 98. Mm -hmm. He was a really good one. Edmund Nelson's another guy you think of. As one of my favorite and tough Donald Evans from the 90s. Yeah. He came mm-hmm. in as a free agent. And the ultimate, I think this guy's an ultimate blue collar because he didn't go to college. And it's one Ray Seals. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So Ray Seals went uh played semi-pro in Syracuse and ended up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And next thing you know, he's uh in Pittsburgh for three years and very good player. Mm-hmm. So so that pretty much covers the defensive line. If we didn't miss anybody, I do apologize. Uh, Reggie Rivers says Orpheus Roy. Javier yeah. Stay and John Banazak, which uh, was one of my top picks. So yeah, Buckner. Brenson Buckner. Mm. Mm. I have a I have trouble with that one with him being a number two pick. Um, but yeah, he uh, 
he did clean up a lot of messes up in the middle. And, <laughs> and it's a shame he was only here for three years. That's a guy I would have loved to have kept around. Yeah. So I will let's go ahead and throw out one name each. I'm not going to throw one out. Maybe defensive line. And I know you're going to say Cam. And and Shan, this is I know Shannon's going to say, I know he's the number one pick, but I'm going Cam. So I'm saying no to Cam. Cam is definitely a blue collar guy, even though he's a number one pick. Because we know he's obvious. But if you were to take one of those other guys that you just think is just an ultimate blue-collar guy on that defensive line currently for the Steelers, Shannon and Tony, who would it be? Shannon? Currently? Currently. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I guess, you know, like I said, I, I've – I like Wormley as far as he's a very uh, – he's always ready. I, I've actually got an article coming out uh, – what actually come out today uh, talking about Wormley being uh, like a true professional. He's always ready when called upon, whether he's a starter or where he's in the rotation. So um, he kind of got exposed because of his run defense and he's better – as a rotational player, but, but he definitely brings that mentality uh, and the professionalism. So I'd have to go Wormley. I, I like that. I, I definitely do. Tony, do you have a guy? Well, Wormley would have been my, my uh, pick too. Cause he, you know, like, like uh, Shannon said, he's a consummate professional and he, he's never going to be a superstar in this league, but he's going to be, he's going to be called upon to place uh, several roles. But I guess another one would be just based on last year and, and, uh, the, the fan hype about him. The, you know, he's kind of like a uh, Isaiah or Isaac Redmond kind of guy. That would be a Henry. Was it Henry Mondo? Is that, is that his name? Henry Mondo, number 99. Yeah, yeah. That's like your typical uh, underdog uh, Steeler fan favorite. So, uh, you know, if he can, if he can stick around, he could be perhaps somebody who could play a role and, and, and be one of those uh, grinded out uh, lunch pail kind of guys. All right. When we get to the nineties, excuse me, when we get to the eighties, uh, things changed in 1982. The Steelers went from a four, three to a three, four. So this is going to confuse a little, a couple things with the linebackers. So I'm going to ask you guys to come up with two each outside linebackers and two each, either an inside or a middle linebacker. It could be either or. So I am going to go ahead and uh, start with Tony this time. And let's go ahead and let's go ahead and start on the outside. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, Brian Hinkle, that's that's somebody that, you know, late, late round pick, night was 1981. He was a longtime starter here. He was a contributor, major contributor, great athlete, better athlete than people gave him credit for. He was, he was pretty decent in coverage. So that's one. And another one that people may, might think, not, not even might have forgotten about already would be Clark Hagans. I mean, here, here's a guy who had to start uh, opposite Joey Porter all those years. Joey was the he was the the face of the defense basically, you know, until Troy came along. So and he was such a dynamic, meaning peasy, such a dynamic personality. And Clark Hagans was that, that quiet guy on the other side, he was productive, uh, not not a, a pro bowler, but pretty darn good. Uh, didn't get a whole lot of uh, uh, fame. So those are my two on the outside. Now you want me to go uh, on the inside? No, I'll, I'll let Shannon go next. Okay. Uh, um, I will say this about Hagen's. Hagen's uh, was not quite in the locker room, though. He, in fact, he was probably <laughs> one of the most boastful guys. Loved to go with his shirt off, showing off his abs. He was famous <laughs> for being that guy. I, uh, I absolutely love that pick of Hagen's. I, I did not have it. So, and that's perfect. So thanks for bringing that one up. Mr. White, take it away. Well, everybody knows he's one of my all-time favorites. And considering his draft position and where he came from, uh, Fort Valley State, I, it's got to be Greg Lloyd. Um, the dude was – he was so intense, he would do anything on the football field to and, and be successful. And successful, the, the final score that he did about anything else. <laughs> and so, to me, he is the ultimate blue-collar guy. And uh, and I my the guy I thought about was Hagen's as well because you know trying to think of a guy who was a uh, you know maybe overlooked because of who they played with because a lot of times the stores have 
you know, the tandems, the bookend guys at outside linebacker. So, um, yeah, I mean, I thought of, of Lloyd first, and then I thought of Hagen. So, uh, you could even put a guy out there um, like a, uh, a a current guy is Alex Highsmith from the from being a walk on to becoming a really established solid starter, and I think he has potential to continue to improve. So, but um, yeah, that would be my two picks. Tony, uh, will you agree with? with uh highsmith as we're gonna go ahead and uh we'll just hit that now oh as for outside oh yeah because uh here's a guy walk on at charlotte he was a walk on at charlotte and then he, he turned himself into a third round pick and you know he's he's already made some strides from his first season to a second season so absolutely let me give you a guy from the 1970s that played 10 years on this team 10 years and he's a guy that, if I ask you to name 40 Steelers from the 1970s, you're not going to come up with them. But it's a linebacker. And if I'm not mistaken, he was from Cal. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? I'll give you his number. Lauren Taves? Lauren Taves. Yeah. I say his last name wrong. Um, T- I-, I believe it's Taze, uh T-O-E-W-S. And... That's uh, that's a lot like the uh, the uh, woman from the Love Boat that played Julie. <laughs> was she Lauren Taze also? She was something Taze. That's uh, that's something that we're going to have to look up and find up, but find out. But I loved, I absolutely loved Lauren Taze. I just thought he was a guy that uh, he's the guy the football card you get. You'd be like, damn it, I got Lauren Taze. <laughs> <laughs> He's then, he's making an appearance at Giant Eagle. Yippee! <laughs> but then you realized that that guy. Every time you look at highlights from '78 or '79, that guy was killing. Yeah, it yeah. Because Jack Ham was getting hurt. Guys, guys were getting hurt, and he just he just came in, and he got it done. So now here's the thing: spelled completely different. Julie from the Love Boat is Lauren Taze. L-A-U-R-E-N-T-E-W-E-S. And this is Lauren Taze, L-O-R-E-N-T-O-E-W-S. So I I tell you what, I think I've got I think I've got something special for the more you know coming up this week because that's something we just stumbled upon. They were both big in the late 70s. Yeah. There there you go. Wow. Check out BTSC on Sunday. See if I remember this when it's when it's all coming down to it. Um, Javier just came up with Mike Merriweather, which I'm a big you know I'm a big fan of Mike Merriweather. And I met I met Mike Merriweather, and he was like, uh, you know, yeah, I should have never left. <laughs> he said that was one of the biggest mistakes of my life. But I was young. What what do I know? Um, Chad Brown, Myrna Jane, and Bert saying you could even actually put him on the inside if you want but yeah he was great second round pick mm-hmm. andy russell george Teston saying yeah you, you can't sleep on andy russell pedro is saying hardy nickerson javier is also saying robin cole the cheesecake king <laughs> you know he, he, have you ever had his cheesecake no. oh, it's damn good i got <laughs> one of giant, giant eagle about 10 years ago <laughs> so um but as far as everybody else goes, uh, I think that's a pretty good pick. Um, Art Gordon, I'm going to go ahead and save that one for uh, inside, I think. Um, well, we're, what was? Let, let's bring him up now. Jerry O. Is he an outside uh, linebacker or in, inside uh, linebacker? Oh, inside. he's inside. Inside. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was one of my guys. <laughs> you can expand upon it. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll put up here. I'll put up the men in black thing. Everybody will be. Uh, everybody will lose that, and then we can go ahead and do that again. Erase um, your ice. Erase your ice. Yeah. George Dustin says, I think he went to the Vikings. I think he's talking about Merriweather. Yeah. So he oh, yeah. held out the entire 1988 season. And in 1989, on draft day, went for a number one pick. The only time the Steelers had two number one picks. 
and uh, <laughs> they ended up taking Tom Ricketts, and that didn't work out so well. Knocked it right out of the park. Uh, yep. I mean, <laughs> and that was the day that uh, the Pirates traded for a shortstop, and I can't remember his – oh, Ray Quinones. They mm. gave up on Jay Bell in 1989 and brought in Ray Quinones. And I was so mad about that trade. I, I was so excited about that trade. And then here, Jay Bell became the great steel pirates shortstop. And then, uh, so I was all excited. I'm like, gosh, everyone's making trades. The Steelers got us another first round pick. They just drafted the greatest running back of all time. Tim Worley. <laughs> they got a guy from Pitt. They're going to be awesome. And then you throw in the fact that we've got Ray Quinones in here. Bah, it wasn't a good day. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. With that, let's go on the inside. And I'm going to, Tony, I'm going to let you go first. Now, okay. in, in fact, in fact, you know what? I'm going to go first, if you don't mind. So okay. I'm gonna, here's a guy, Another we just talked about a rookie in 1989 that was from the University of Pittsburgh, Tom Ricketts. Let me go with another 1989 rookie from the University of Pittsburgh. His name was Gerald Safsky. <laughs> and, Woo! I was gonna. I was gonna. I, I was gonna and I know that, none man. of you were thinking that. Oh, no. <laughs> Shannon, go yeah, ahead. Take Jerry. Take Jerry O. <laughs> uh, you know that's the first guy I thought of. Um, you got uh, four guys come to mind. You had Jerry Osowski. You had David Little. That's my guy. Uh, you know both of them guys. You had Larry Foot. Uh, because again, you know, a, a guy was undersized and just, you know, and even when he come back to Pittsburgh after going to Detroit, you know, uh, he went home and then he come back to Pittsburgh again. So, um, but, but all those guys, uh, you know, you just had to, to, to love them and the way they played and they were true blue collar stiller guys, but, um, and now Jerry O still is helping the Steelers by being our inside linebacker coach. And, and I think he's doing a great job there. And, uh, you know, it was heartbreaking what he went through last season. But, yeah. God uh, bless his family for that. Oh yeah. And, but, uh, you know, in true Osowski fashion, he come back and, and, uh, and rejoined the team. And, and, uh, so I think all those inside guys are, are better off for it. So like I said, Osowski was my first choice and they did, uh, I was like, oh, man, somebody done picked it. <laughs> I'm going to speak for Tony here when I say Jerry O and a guy that you mentioned earlier, Greg Lloyd, they make me think of the greatest, one of the greatest runs that the Steelers ever made with a bad team. And that 1989 season was just special. And it really was in the playoffs and watching Jerry O. And here's here's a little trivia question for you. Jerry O did not wear 1950, excuse me, 55 as a rookie. He wore another number. Who's the first one of you that could get it? I know Tony's got it. Go ahead. He's raising his hand. 94, right? Nope. Ah, oh, oh, never mind. Yeah, you can go ahead. Go again. Shannon doesn't seem to have it. 90? 92. Ah. So there you go. 92. Shannon White, that when you think of that 1989 season, you got to think of guys like Jerry O and another guy. I'm going to throw in this guy who was a starting linebacker on that team and a guy that nobody talks about. But when the, uh, in 93, when the San Diego Chargers came calling, they, they wanted to throw a lot of money at this guy. And the Steelers said, go ahead, because we've got, Greg Lloyd and we have Kevin Green coming in and Jarrell Williams. Yeah. Mm. He was a part of that 89 team and he was a good blue collar. He was a tough player. He led them in sacks one year, I believe as well. I don't think they were a lot of sacks, but he did lead them as well. So when we're talking about the, uh, the outside linebackers and the inside linebackers there, there's a lot of them that just, I mean, that's just the blue collar position. And when you think yeah. of blue collar right now, I mean, I think it starts and ends with blue collar and linebacker. I mean, we we could have said on the inside, we could have said Vince Williams too, 
but mm-hmm. he's not on the current team. But I think it's Robert Spillane. Yes. Go ahead. Well, I I, I wanted to name my two because that's who I wanted to name. Oh Vince gosh, Williams. man. Oh, I, <laughs> I I love Vince Williams. He's one of my favorite Steelers of all time. I thought we were done, Tony. I I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, yeah, but Vince Williams was just. He was just one of my favorites. I mean, a six-round pick in, in uh, 2013, and uh, he he had to start 11 games that year for a defense that was ravaged by injuries, especially mm-hmm. after week one. And it was a baptism by fire. And, and by the end of the year, he, he was uh, he was so um, lost that, that uh, Troy had to come in and basically play a dime inside linebacker. But he got it together, and he became a dependable starter for a number mm-hmm. of years and a, and a leader on that defense. So – uh, uh, Vinny, Vinny Van Vucci, or whatever his name. Vinny Van Vucci. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Larry, Larry, uh, David Little. I mean, David Little, you know, here's a guy who had to replace Jack Lambert. And he saved their bacon in 84 when Lambert had the turf toe. Yeah. And he was such a, a great player. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard of Levon Kirkland's uh, funny story from a number of years ago when, when he was a rookie. Uh, his second, actually, actually, his second year, they, they, they cut David Little because they wanted. Uh, Kirkland to be the starter, and uh, it, uh, Little was so popular with the defense that you know Rod Woodson would never go in the huddle and listen to his play. He, you know, when, when Kirkland was trying to call the plays, he would ignore him. Greg Lloyd was always yelling at him. Kevin Green always ignored him because all he wanted to do was rush the passer. So it took him a while to, to gain their respect because because they, they respected David Little so much and, and they cut him. Coward cut him. <laughs> oh, but I didn't know that story. Yeah, it was a funny story. Myrna Jane and Burt sing James Ferrer. Got to be a blue collar guy. He was a first round pick, but I mean, he played blue collar. He, I mean, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he came to Pittsburgh and he was perfect. Jason Gilden, really good one. Let me give you a number two pick from a blue collar town. And I've, I've got to tell you, you know who I'm going to say. The ultimate blue collar guy from my hometown. One. Oh, yeah. Jack Raphael Ham. Oh yeah. So Dover Shunka in the house. Um, but yeah, that that was my guy. And I, I was just talking to a coworker today, and he grew up and knew the Ham family, and he was a big Lambert guy. And this was he was probably about you know 10, 11 years old, and he was going over to, to their house, and her dad said, Are you gonna wear that Jack Lambert jersey you just got for Christmas? He's like, I don't care. And he's going <laughs> over, and then he didn't know that. Uncle Jack was going to be in town and open the door. <laughs> and Uncle Jack made him turn the jersey inside out. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I, love, I just heard that story this morning, and uh, I'm like, I love it. He's probably listening right now and probably going to yell at me, but I mean, it's, that's just um, So, yeah, that's. You know, our outside linebacker, our inside linebackers have always been really, really good as far as, uh, you know, being rife with blue colorness, if that is even a word. Art Gordon's asking us a question here. It's not a super chat, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it up anyways. What year did you start watching Steeler games? And I would probably say Shannon, myself, and Tony, which were all within a year or two of each other. I was born in 71, Tony in 72, Shannon, but 69 or 70? 70. 70. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're all pretty close in age. My, so what I'm really cognizant of it was 1979. Really? Um, I remember the whole family watching it and you go to grandparents' house on Sunday and everybody's in the living room watching the Steeler games. And you, you just grew up around it. And I remember Super Bowl 13 well, too. But when I really started catching on was probably 79 for me for both the Steelers and the Pirates. But I was asked not to talk about the Pirates in the live chat. <laughs> My Let's friend, go I, don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Tony, would you say like 79, 80, the same with you? The first game I remember watching very first game I, I know i've watched him before that but i don't remember any of it and that was the uh super bowl 14 in january of 80 against the rams the year before against the cowboys my mom had it on in the, in the kitchen and i was watching some rerun of tarzan and i could have cared less so 1980 <laughs> was was the first time i remember watching and that was that was the first season that, that i lived and died for the steelers that 
following regular season. Shannon, how about you? I have a memory of Lynn Swan's MVP performance against the Cowboys sitting right where I'm at now. This was my great grandparents living room before we got to the house and built onto it and everything. And it was a black and white TV over in that corner. And I remember Lynn Swan making the kitchens because for the longest time I had an 88 Jersey when I was a little boy. And, and that was still receiver of all time. But when I felt like I understood more and can remember more would have been the 78, the next Super Bowl against the Cowboys. And then I felt like I had more of an understanding, but I still have memories from that Lance Wine MVP performance. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's, uh, I mean, no, I have memories like you. I've got memories from way before. And I love how Gene Smith says born in 79, so 79. And, you know, I, I get it, yeah. but. If you're cognizant of, of 1979, <laughs> then you're super baby. And That's whatever right. you're doing for a living, it's not good enough because, <laughs> because you're super on the intelligence scale if you, if you remember that 1979 team being born in 79. Uh, so I will, I will actually say that bringing that up, and you mentioned your first jersey was 88. Yep. Mine was 59. Mine was Jack Ham. Mm. And Tony, yours was, if if I'm correct with this, yours was number 57, Mike Merriweather? Yes, the worst timing ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's awesome. Gene Smith says, smuggling beers in an army coat for my dad in Lips rookie year, 1984. That's awesome. So a five-year-old smuggling beers. Woo! That's Gene a super. Smith, that's a, that's a super fan right there. That, that's, a that's, super fan. that's a super son. That's awesome. That's right. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Art Gordon's first was twelve. Um, Craig J. Lawson. I've seen the first four, but I watched the seventy-eight and seventy-nine Super Bowls because my older brothers. I was born in nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah. So there's there's different times that you remember. And uh, Art Gordon had a Bradshaw football. I had a signed. I had a signed Mike Webster football that my parents Ooh. met mike webster at a spina bifida benefit mm. and and uh this is man i played with that ball i still have it and it's faded but oh gosh i, I love it let's move on to the defensive backfield gentlemen and we'll start with corners and we'll do some safeties and remember troy palomalu was a first round draft pick and i don't consider him blue collar i consider him more flash anyways so if we start with corner, there's some really good blue collar corners out there. Um, Shannon, give me one. It has to be Willie Gay. <laughs> Big I mean, play, Willie Gay. I love it. I love it. Watching I love him that too. Come in, and I was like, he he isn't gonna he ain't gonna make it. His you know he seems slow. He wasn't very physical. I'm like, this guy ain't going to make it. Then he goes to the Arizona, and then he comes back to the Steelers. And I'm like, oh, Lord, no. You know, because every time he comes to the game, I'm like, well, he's getting ready to give up a big play. But he he learned, and he was crafty, and he was tenacious, and he, he turned into big play Willie Gay because he started mm -hmm. making big plays for the Steelers. So I give him more with less physical talent than maybe any cornerback I ever seen. Tony, uh, Willie Gay is a good one, but I bet you you could top it. Go ahead. Well, there, there's, there's a few and, and somebody said Woodson, which is, might as well say Neon Dion too. Although I, I was, <laughs> I, I love Woodson. He's one of my favorites, but uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Shea Townsend. I think he's a great, somebody mentioned it in the live chat. He's a, just a, he came off fourth round pick in 1998. He was a what, like a slot corner for a number of years. I think he could play. If I'm not mistaken, he could play safety too. But anyway, he, he was mostly a corner, and uh, he was a team leader, you know. And it's hard to to do that from that position. And of course, he he made uh, he made that that pivotal play against the Cowboys in 2008. And and he was basically he was a coach on the field. He got just about every ounce he could out of his abilities. And and you know, Shannon described Willie Gay as crafty. Uh, you could say the same thing about the Shea Townsend. I mean, he's a, he's a coach now. You know, he's 
he's he's the passing game coordinator, and I think for Mississippi. So you know that, or no, not maybe not Mississippi, but I forget where he. You know, he's a coach. So yeah, it just I think he was just a great blue collar guy for on on a, on a great defense. I wanted to say J.T. Thomas, but he's a number one pick out of 1973, so we mm-hmm. can't do that. Mel Blunt is is too easy, even though he wasn't <laughs> a number one pick. But but Adonis, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't consider him blue collar. I consider mm. him just no, no. just a stud. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So that's. Uh, those are those are some pretty tough ones. Now safeties, I've got a whole bunch, but mm-hmm. for me, it's a guy that stepped in when somebody on this list, the great Rod Woodson, got hurt, mm. and it's one, the one and only Willie Williams. Yeah, oh, seven yeah. interceptions that year. Right. You thought I was going to go with with uh, Carnell Lake? Yeah, I did, but he was but, a safety. Yeah, but he did yeah. fill in. He yeah, he did. He did fill in, and that was the yeah, ultimate yeah. blue collar move. That really was. Yeah. yeah. But that year, where are you without Willie Williams in 1995? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So there you go. You know what? I'm giving me that for oh, Art Gordon's giving yeah. me that for Willie Williams. <laughs> the pat on the back. Uh, <laughs> So that that's the that's the left field one of the day. Now I like it. I like it. L- let's go to safety. My gosh, oh, okay. uh, I, I know <laughs> we know the ultimate. We know yes. the ultimate. So we can say it in unison <laughs> on three. One, two, three. Donnie, Donnie Shell. Yeah, I mean, Donnie Shell. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh man, I'm gosh, this and that from Pennsylvania just screwed me out of my. My special one, Rick Woods. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I mean, that's one that I'm not, I had number 22 on my list. But go ahead. Throw them out there, boys. Tony, go ahead. Well, I mean, he, he made me angry today uh, on Twitter because he said that Chris Brown was uh, more talented than Michael Jackson. But I'll forgive him. I'm going to go with Ryan Clark, undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. They brought him over uh, from Washington. Uh, here's a guy who who had to play alongside Troy Polamalu. All flash and 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 Ryan Clark was a uh, he had to be the blue collar guy in that secondary and he had to basically you know play more of a, a steady role to to allow uh, Troy to to improvise and uh, you know, they asked him one time about because you know, Troy would always get a lot of a lot of time off at training camp and they asked if uh, Ryan Clark got that too and he said you're asking the wrong safety that I, I never got that kind of treatment so uh, he was an, a, a very underrated player. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people, he, you know, he, he ruffled some feathers with it, with his, uh, you know, with his, uh, sound bites and, and, but he's obviously gone on to have a great broadcasting career, but he was, he was just, he got, you know, just, he was such a valuable member of, of, of that second Super Bowl team. And then even look at the plays he made when they went that the third Super Bowl, that divisional round comeback against the Ravens, he made two or three pivotal plays to help come back in the second half. So. I'll always uh, appreciate what Ryan Clark did when he was here. Damn it, Tony. You talked way too long, though. George Teston stole mine. Sorry. (laughs) I'm very (laughs) long-winded. Shin, I'm going to jump in front of you. Glenn Edwards, number 27, Glenn Edwards. He's Mm. another guy, like Lauren Taze. You could talk about 40 guys from the 70s. You might not be bringing up Glenn Edwards. Mm -hmm. And I get it if you're not. But man, Glenn Edwards was huge for that team. And damn it, Gene Smith took my other one. You know what? I quit. Ooh, Gene, I forgot ahead. all about him. I forgot all about Oh, how can I forget about him? Well, first thing I thought of was, and and then uh, I thought of Ryan Clark, which Tony already got. Um, a guy that I think a lot of people forget also with Glenn Edwards was Mike Wagner. And, yeah. and Mike, Mike was the guy who was just so fundamentally sound and reliable. And, you know, on those great defenses, where would they have been without Wagner? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I would have to say Mike Wagner. Beautiful. And I'm going to talk about Darren Perry right now. Number eight pick out of Penn State. And, mm-hmm. and he was not he was not thought of in 1992 of being anything special and he's playing right away and he's playing on a team that was supposed to go four and 12 and, and Bill Cowher's first year. And Darren Perry was great for this team. 
And I, I just absolutely, one of the, I will actually say it, one of the top five safeties in Pittsburgh Steelers history is Darren Perry. But he, he was so consistent. What yeah. stood out about Perry to you? Because he, to me, he was, he seemed more like a linebacker, but he yeah. was everywhere. He, he had the speed. He was, he was tough and he was just, he, he was just Mr. Reliable. When you needed something, it seemed like it was Darren Perry and it just didn't seem like he was exerting any effort whatsoever. It just came natural. To me, just instincts. Mm -hmm. I mean, just when you'd watch the replay, he was already moving before the ball was in there. So many times, it's like he just he had a natural feel for the position, and that's what always stood out about Perry to me. Let me throw in one more, and and there's a there's a few more. Uh, Art Gordon says Tony Dungy. Gene Smith says don't forget Mike Logan. Yeah, Mike Logan was great for that team. I yeah. I wish he was there longer. I w- would have yeah. loved to have seen them draft him in 1996 instead of Jermaine Stevens. I, I think that would have been. <laughs> that would have been great to have him longer. Um, but a funny thing about that, if they draft him number one overall, not number one overall, but number one in 1996, he might not be considered, a, uh, he might be considered like Terrell Edmonds. He, right. Not as a great number one, but I mean, they had the they had the 29th pick back then. So I got, one guy that I got to bring up and I got to bring up another corner and I'm going to do that in a second. But Thomas Everett was a guy that I said this back then. I'm surprised that this guy's not paralyzed because yeah. I mean he did lead with his head. I mean, he, mm-hmm. I don't think Thomas Everett could play today. No, but not he like was, that. He, <laughs> he would launch himself and he would just rattle your teeth. Right. And he is a Pro Bowler, but he was never a Pro Bowler with the Steelers. But he ended up getting that Pro Bowl with either Dallas or Tampa. And I think it was Dallas and man, he was just absolutely tough, but man, you guys are going to kick yourselves when I bring up an, I believe it was an 11th round draft choice, 1979, but led them as a rookie in interceptions. How could we forget Woodruff? Oh, I didn't forget him. (laughs) I I didn't think he was, he didn't seem like a blue collar guy because he was such a steady starter for them, but, you're, yeah, I forgot. That's a good one. I, I like that. And Gene Smith's asking if we brought up Chris Hope. No, I, I missed him, but I saw you put him up there earlier. Chris Hope was a guy that I would have loved to have seen him stay on after that 2005 championship season as well. Hope, Hope he was good. I mean, yeah. lo- a lot of great players. Um, there's, man, I could talk old Steelers all the time. And one thing Tony and I used to do the retro show and that was that was just gold for all of this but it was awesome and every time it seemed like woodruff was always doing something mm-hmm. i mean every time woodruff did something it's like when i went to a pirate game back in the 80s you know who always had a great game jeff king oh yeah when i was in the house jeff king would go crazy <laughs> so well so, it's like, well, the, the, the circle back to Donnie Schell, you know, it, it, it's a wonder it took him so long to get in the Hall of Fame because every time we did a retro show, oh, yeah. it seemed like he, he was making he was making one play after another. He was saving bacon every yeah. single game, it, it seems. Gentlemen, this was a fun, this was a kind of like mm-hmm. a retro show, but we talked about today. We didn't talk about a current defensive back. So let's go ahead and end this with Shannon, your current blue collar defensive back for the Steelers. And Tony, you can do the same. I have to say Levi Wallace because of his pedigree that he was a walk on at Alabama. And then, you know, I know he's, this will be his first year with the Steelers, but I love his toughness, his intelligence and his tenacity. So I'm a big Levi Wallace fan. I think he's an upgrade upgrade over what Hayden was last year. And I'm really excited to see him in the black and gold. Tony, you got one? Yeah, I think Cam Sutton, uh, he fits that bill for me because, you know, third round pick, but he seems like he's a coach's dream. You know, they, they ask him to do a lot. He can play outside, play in the slot, 
play some safety. And they seem to think an awful lot of him. Uh, he's probably somebody who's never going to be a superstar, but he could develop into a, a really solid player. So uh, I'm going to go with Cam. I'm going against the rules if I say Terrell Edmonds because he's a first rounder. But Edmonds, Edmonds does personify that. So let me give you a guy that's more known as a special teamer, but I think he's tough as hell, and it's Miles Killebrew. Mm-hmm. Re- I, I really like what he brings to the game. So I tell you what, I love talking about the past. I love talking about the current. And this and that from Pennsylvania, no. You do not get Harvey Clayton on this list. God bless him. I wish him the best. But number 33 was probably the worst corner in history for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, (laughs) And we're getting the LOL. I love it. I mean, I mean, I I wish him great. I mean, I'd love to talk to Harvey, but man, he was he was the first Steeler that I remember my family cussing. And uh, like my My grandfather was born in 1900, so this is the mid 80s. It's like 1986. <laughs> He's 86. He's like blah, 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 Harvey Clayton. Blah, blah, blah. Like wow, he does not like Harvey Clayton. Um, so with that being said, it was a great time, gentlemen. We will see you next week, mm-hmm. ladies, gentlemen. Thank you for hanging out. We cannot do these shows without you. God bless you. Stick with BTSC for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. It's the editorial side where you're going to get the work of these two guys. Yes, Gene Smith, go Maulers. I love them. They stink, but I love them. And check out all of our shows. Coming up later on, after this show airs, the next show that's going to air is going to be from the cutting room floor. You need to check that out. That's Jeffrey Benedict. And if you missed Let's Ride this morning, you missed a lot. And you missed a great guest as he had alan saunders on today as well so jeff hartman show fantastic stuff do not miss any of these shows go back and check out some old ones too especially and if you really want to have some fun go back in time to 2017 and check out old post-game shows with tony and myself the audio is horrible and uh, we weren't that much better but we had some fun (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah late night games gentlemen just when you think that you've got all of the answers, Tony Defio. We keep changing the questions. Shannon White, you take this home. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for the hypocycloids. We love you. Somebody, I don't know if Shannon's frozen or if he's just doing the pose. We'll see you later. We love you all. Stop and check